Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. As long as you begin to place yourself above the good of others, you will not see good. Until, until the men that have set up themselves see themselves beyond catering for themselves, catering for their personal families or immediate families, something went wrong somewhere. And we have to cut it from the road. People, you know, I am still young at heart. But a lot of waters have passed under the bridge. I'm not looking for the pennies that these guys are going to show you. There is something greater that this nation is throwing away. The goodness that God has foisted upon this nation for which we had no merit. That has been thrown away on the platitude of self. Self-centeredness. Self-aggrandizement. And just fostering your own personal pride. This family... It is now our what? Turn. It is now our turn. As if God created them alone on the face of this earth. That's why our voices will not cease. That all those who feel that they should survive while all, all others will perish. May they eat what it is that they are planning for others. a call to the families so that your expectations don't drive those men to sin and by your very insistence on them doing the right thing you will be earning yourself something because what you sow is what you are going to get if you are sowing to self you will reap poverty can you continue son I went home that day happy for my friend as I genuinely rejoiced with her. Welcome to Niger, the land of possibilities where people believe anything is possible as tribes scramble for their turn. Where families rejoice and revile in the doctrine of turn by turn, which I, I have termed TBT. Everything in the country has been turned into TBT, including presidency and giving it the lovely and exotic name rotational zoning etc it is the turn of the north it is the turn of the west and so on political appointments are no longer based on merit but on states of origin tribe and sometimes religion Jonathan says I can't change the constitution the constitution says I must appoint somebody from every state and then they bring the lives of Akala they bring the lives of discredited people and bring them to want to come and be ministers and so you say you cannot change the constitution. If I spoke what is in my heart, look, something is needful. Change is not something that is handed over to us. Mr. Jonathan, if you cannot stand up against the pressure, all the goodwill that God poured upon your life, all the goodwill that has supported you in the prayers of the saints will turn to judgment upon your head. Amen. And that goes for the governors also. 
Because as long as it is based on turn by turn politics, it is now my family. It's now my family. Then we can pass all the money and keep it in your pocket. What happens to the millions of others? What happens to the millions of children that we are turning out who are robbing the streets while somebody has packed all that has been given for constituency development and is touched it, waiting for the day he will go and the nation will still give him severance package. And you suffer fools and expect God to come down and help you. Can you continue? This, unfortunately, is the Nigerian situation. This trend has also been carried into the civil service, the banks, other organizations of repute, and even the national football team. It has reached the stage where indigents rejoice and celebrate when it reaches their own turn to eat the piece, piece of national pie. Just like Chinasa and her family, sometimes trouble begins when you stay very long eating the pie and other, other turners or turnees become enraged. I digress. The Nigerian situation can be likened to a story of a legendary Alhaji, a philanthropist of repute, chief, as he is fondly called, married many women, officially and unofficially, from far and wide. His wives always looked happy as chief took great care of his jewels. The women, obviously without an ostensible means of livelihood, would parade around the compound enjoying the perks of matrimony. They looked so well taken care of that chief was nicknamed ATM by the neighbors who constantly peep at his women in the massive compound amidst all pomp and pageantry. Chief, however, had three permanent wives who lived with him in his gigantic edifice located in the inner city. There was Yabo, the buxomly Yoruba, Yoruba wife, Njide, the light-skinned Igbo wife, and Aisha, the slender Hausa wife, nicknamed Orobo, Yellow Popo and Panla, respectively, by the neighbors. Chief had built separate apartments for all, all, all the wives and allocated a section of the compound to himself, erecting his own separate building. Chief, a great believer in the doctrine of TBT, maintained a huge roster pasted near the private living room. All the wives knew when it was their turn. The noisy neighbors also knew because they would observe the favor of the day, beautifully attired, looking as splendid as a peacock. She would be waiting patiently at the door of her apartment, and the moment Chief Silver Cadillac glides through the massive gate, she will step out majestically with measured steps. As soon as the car draws closer to a halt, the reigning TBT wife would rush out to greet Chief as he stepped out of, his, of the car. The other wives will watch from their windows with envy as she lifts up her trophy usually a gift from chief beautifully wrapped in soft purple cloth chief would smile as he greets his beloved wife salivating as he does so holding his bulging stomach well packed under his massive abada his native attire wifey too will greet chief with joy all over her face apparently more interested in the content of the purple gift wrap as she holds it tighter than her grip on chief's hand like any other relationship, this 
household was not devoid of friction as chief sometimes gets into trouble trouble started one day when chief forgot to update the roster the jobless gossipy neighbors watched with amusement as the Igbo, yoruba and hausa wife stepped out at the same time besieged the car practically struggling to hold chief's massive abada chief tried unsuccessfully to extricate his sons laying hold on him to extricate the, the six sons laying hold on him as his driver laughed indiscreetly much to his chagrin a scowl on chief's face caused the driver to stifle his laughter and turn his face away nonchalant he didn't want to lose his treasured job of driving state-of-the-art vehicles on the other hand he didn't also want to lose his dentition so there was no attempt made to help his master escape from the desperate women from the desperate women unleashed on him the wives continued to struggle for chief's abada the returned yoruba wife believed it was her turn chief always shot changes her for his nubile house wife she exclaimed uh, she claimed the fair Igbo wife believed she too had been cheated of her rights in the eight years since all since they all moved into chief's magnificent edifice the current place of abode Aishade, slim housewife, though looking the most temperate, appeared as if she had a joker up her sleeves. The visibly agitated chief looked like a hapless bystander, reluctantly watching an unfolding scene. Yet, unable to get away from it, he understood he had a big problem on his hand that needed urgent solution before his wife tore his treasured agbada to shreds. To Fiakwa, the Igbo wife, said i can't be cheated of my turn alakiai the house wife said Maje, said the yoruba wife shortly after the incident the clever chief found a perfect solution he married yet again an ijo woman from nembe in bayelsa state the daughter of a Niger Delta militant, soft-spoken, with a heart of steel. The militant Nimi, as she is called, fought all the wives to a standstill and won. Chief's aggressive Igbo wife, the cantankerous Yoruba woman, and the sly housewife all looked on with dismay. The battleground has shifted. Someone had already moved their, moved their cheese, yet they didn't comprehend it early enough. Nimi presently occupies the inner citadel of Chief's soul, heart, and mind, reigning supreme, although there are talks within the camp of the association of disgruntled wives to take over power from her. The whispers have been coming from Aisha's enclave, the venue of their meeting. They, went, they want to rotate the roster in the inner, inner room as the old days, using TBT. Chief had not updated it since Nimi's sudden appearance. The last I heard of the household was the from the neighbors is that Nimi still intends to warm, chief, warm chief's bed for the next four years. It is, however, not accurate to state that the gospel of TBT applies, to, applies in all circumstances in Nigeria. There are clear exceptions to the rule. In death and sickness, in calamity, 
no one preaches the gospel of tbt as the, as the doctrine is rejected and denounced in all its ramifications especially in such an unpalatable circumstance i recently attended a very emotional service of songs of a 42 year old professional who died of gunshot injury from an armed robbery attack friends and colleagues of the diseased turned up on mass to bid the young man farewell the resident pastor an eloquent old man with boomeranging boomeranging voice that sounded like echoes in a lonely mountain top decided to pray for the deceased friends as he was concluding the service closing my eyes clenching my fist and bowing my head i wait i awaited the showers of blessing as the pastor roared it is your turn to be killed amen it is your turn to die young oh sorry it is not your turn to be killed amen it is not your turn to die young amen it is not your turn to then he proclaimed the blessings it is your turn to be lifted up amen a much louder word than the earlier affirmation i got home that night very sober trying to sort out my emotions i was sad for the deceased young man young man's family i was also sad about the state of our nation especially the level of insecurity and high unemployment rate which must have preempted the robbery attack maybe if our leaders had been selfish selfless and less tribalistic they would have shared the nation's pie and resources equitably to all without stereotyping perhaps if we all truly believed in one nigeria we wouldn't all be waiting for our turns then we would rejoice when a righteous and godly man is in power irrespective of his tribe or language i slept faithfully dreaming of the problems of the nation the following morning my cousin Ezequeremado, called me i knew what he wanted i must do something he insisted Eze, as we fondly called him had been looking for a job in abuja for the past five years i was reflecting on this when i decided that i would go to my friend chinasa chinasa's house with Eze's curriculum vitae peradventure their fortune will reach my dear Eze. perhaps it will be his turn too he has suffered enough in the el dorado called abuja i stifled all feeling of guilt arising from my early condemnation of tbt as i picked my car keys knocking at the huge mahogany door of chinasa's residence i twisted the knob and opened it gently this time she was crying her husband and six sons and daughters were rolling on the floor i remember the biblical injunction to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep we wailed wept and cried for some time nine voices making enough noise to raise the rooftop when our voices became dry and hoarse i ventured to inquire about the tragedy you remember my uncle she quietly said yes the one with the political appointment is there is dead i asked she looked aghast no he didn't die EFCC just picked him up they are investigating him for an oil contract scam from many years ago of many years ago they said he was bribed 
The singular pronouncement evoked another round of weeping from the family. Che, Mazidikocha, Che, the husband said. Uncle Dikocha, hey, the six sons and daughters exclaimed. I sneaked out of their house once again, still hearing their cries reverberating as I exited the gate. And that tells the story of our nation. It tells what we have allowed to become part of the five fabrics of our lives. Every man seeking for himself and no one considering that there is a name that is appointed to every man. Death will eventually take them over. Let me say this for the records. Only in the times, because when God set Israel in the manner in which he did, for a particular reason he allowed you to understand that yes, Ephraim that represented the 11 tribes had all kinds of kings. So, you can have your turn by turn. You can have your, what do you call it? You can have your zoning. Israel had his zoning. You can always point to that. But you also had on the other side a covenant kingdom that stayed steady upon the word of the Most High God. Pick your choice. Pick your choice. Nigeria is not Israel. But I've shown you many things in terms of similarities. As long as Israel stood with God, it didn't matter who was king. And that's why we are speaking the way we are speaking. You can make all the noise about zoning. Make all the noise about rotation. What is crucial is a people who are standing in righteousness with what? With God. And except this nation returns to righteousness, whether it is the church or it is the individuals or it is the, it is the rulers themselves, judgment will take its truth. And all that God has spoken by way of promise, you will see it does do what? To pass over. Let's continue. I want to go on. Let's look at the life of that young man that we sang about this morning. The life of Joseph. And I'm not going to read it all. I'm already at one o'clock, which is my normal time. But you will give me this indulgence because I need to get to the root of this. In verse 1 to verse 6, you will see that this man was now brought into the land a slave. He was brought into the land a slave. And what we are trying to show you is the working of providence. That it doesn't matter. Providence sets things up. Providence will fulfill his workings. Only for a people who are walking in alignment with him. He was sold a slave to Potiphar's house. And the scripture said that Potiphar was what? He was a captain of what? Of the guards. An officer of Pharaoh. Have you ever wondered? Why, didn't, why wasn't he bought? By somebody else. And he was bought by Potiphar. What was special about the life of Potiphar that made him the destination? God bless you. He was a public officer. He was in the king's palace. 
It was important that Joseph will understand the way and the conduct of business in the king's palace because heaven was preparing him for the place. He never knew it. All that he saw was that he was plucked away from the bosom of a loving father. And he was here as a slave. But providence was working for him. God will qualify any man that God has a hand upon his life. He will qualify you whichever way he wants to fit you into that destiny. The pain that you are going through today. You think you are lowly. You think your lot is bad. Can you step back and begin to see the hand of the eternal working upon your life to put you in the place where he has set you to be? It's important for us to see the mighty God that we serve. Only in these latter days am I getting to understand so many things that look like an enigma. That make me understand the awesomeness of the God that I serve. That the things that look like evil today is working something out. Somebody say he's working something out. Joseph never understood it. But there's something you will find about the life of Joseph. Did you hear him crying? We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Why was Potiphar, why was he sold to Potiphar? An officer and not some other person. Joseph had to be acquainted with the public persons and public business to be fitted for what he was destined to become. What God intends you to be, he will one way or the other qualify you to fit. And in the place where he went, away from father, away from mother, there was something in the life of this man. The house of Potiphar had known some recession in his business. And as they looked upon this man, there was something that man could not give. Something that man could not take away. They took away the beautiful garments that he had. But the grace and wisdom and virtue that God put in his life, hell can't take it away. Men may rob you. And that's why we are saying, look to the pattern of the world. The things that we are afraid about to speak up against. That we think we are likely to be robbed of. Look at the things that God has done in the life of one man. People would have thought, oh, it was a beautiful garment that made him. But men took that. Men can't take what God has deposited in that inside your life. If you are truly a child of God. She is there. And many people will wonder what it is that ties us together so much. How long was I without a job? Where is Akudukwe She was my PA. And for nothing, nothing that I did wrong. Lookman and the people who conspired, I'm mentioning them by names because they are still alive. And their memories will speak to these things. Right in the place where I was boss. We are in the place where I, I, I was the model of the people that I worked with. Everyone, they are still alive today. And all of them, they knew. They took the rug under my feet out of lies. Have you ever imagined 
being rendered jobless in the midst of those that were your bosses, that you were their boss. And then they gave me nothing else. They still kept me in the room. So that every day that I had to go to work, I would still pass through those that I was supervising. And I had no job. She was the only person with me. I would be in my office. I had nothing to share other than the word of God. I dug and fed on the word of God for months. Jobless. Not even my family knew the agony that I was going through. But I resolved in my spirit and I said, Lord, you taught me in your word. Even if it is this floor they gave me to polish, I will so polish it that those who are at the bottom of my troubles, they will look at the floor and say, ah, I can sleep on this floor. And so it was. I don't know how long this travail lasted. And then eventually, they took me and sent me to the place that was called the, uh, the Siberia. The dumping ground of the company. I went into that place. Emmanuel Ugeni, he's dead now. Heaven knows whatever it is that has been spoken to him. And I went to him and I pleaded with him. I said, sir, I don't know what I have done. But I ask you only one thing. If I do anything that is wrong, that is that you are unhappy with, just be kind enough to tell me. I'm not too proud to apologize. He looked at me with disdain. And there is where I was. Year one went by. Year two went by. And as God would have it, the things that they had not done right, where the wisdom came from, only heaven will tell the story. I began by his grace to change things, to turn things around, to change things, to turn things around. From nowhere. I don't know whatever it is that happened. Lukeman was still against, was, was still after my skin. He's alive today. I still give him all the honor that is due to him. He may even have forgotten, but heaven records it. I've forgiven him because I can't hold it in my heart. But when it turned to God, and God will sweep them all away in the coup of Oka, I thought I was going to lose my job also. I actually told my wife, I told him, say, oh, oh, oh woman, <laughs> time don't come. Oh. They think like, say, Baba not get work anymore. Some of you will remember who are still worshipping in that church. I came back that day, that morning, because I thought, I said, well, uh, I hear that my name is on the list of those who are going to be sacked. I think it was Ihezwe. Ihezwe picked a newspaper. I said, bro, your name is there. I said, I told you so. <laughs> I said, I told you so. So that, you know, when you are an elder in the church, and there's all these things, you don't, you don't know what you are going to explain. I said, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. He said, no. No. And lo and behold, when I thought I was gone, I got a promotion to become the general manager of one of the key divisions in the place. You know, I took the newspaper. I went from that place, walked here, went back, walked here, and went back because 
it was not real. When God has appointed a destiny, it doesn't matter what you have to pay through. Look, when it was, everybody thought, what does he know? This one? Indeed, it was not my area. My specialization was in refineries. And I was now being asked to be bosses of all the things that were in a section that just was new. Heaven was on my side. Heaven was on my side! And they are still alive today! The greatest things that laid the foundation of the wealth that this nation is knowing today in oil and gas, together with others, this humble man was at the origin. Together with Minister Aminu, hey, no, no, if there's anything to clap, clap for him. You know? We took this nation. All the things that people are finding today and so on and so forth. Some may criticize it and so on and so forth. But at the root of it, heaven bears a witness. That a son of God, a son of God, a servant of the Most High God, was instrumental in opening up some of the deep things that people are finding in the treasures of the sea. It doesn't matter. I went down because it was important for me to go down. It doesn't matter. Stand right with him. Am I perfect? No. But he knows that I love him. I'll give everything in my life. For his purpose and for his counsel. And you are all witnesses of that. This man, they took away the robes. In the period that I was saying to you, people that were brought from the outside were made up to supersede me. And so on and so forth. But when he turned to God, there is not one of them that did not come back to be under my feet. So when we speak, we speak of the things that we know, the things that we have handled, the things that we have proved. That there is only one thing that makes a people to rise. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.